Welcome back to Flick 66. I'm Dr. Thomas Parm from Azusa Pacific University. With me as always is... Ryan Isay from Azusa Pacific University. And... Aaron Lineman from Azusa Pacific University. And Ryan and I teach screen studies courses, and Aaron is one of our prodigious student reviewers. Um, so, boy, we've got some box office news and some... All kinds of fun stuff to talk about today. Uh, first off, number one at the box office was Say My Name, Shazam! <laughs> <laughs> uh, debuted with $53.3 million domestic, $162.1 million worldwide already on a $100 million production budget. <laughs> yeah. So they're making their money back. They've already greenlit the sequel. They've commissioned oh, yeah. They've commissioned the script. Uh, Zach Levi is continuing to work out. So it was fun. It was um, fun, yeah. Yeah, it's a little intense for younger kids. Uh, my seven-year, my almost seven-year-old saw uh, went to the preview screening with me two weeks before it actually opened and liked it, but he was a little scared at some parts. And then when we went back opening weekend with my wife, he was huddled with her at certain parts, which I thought was interesting because he knew where the scary parts were. But uh, it was well done. It's... It's best described as Big Meets Superman. Yeah, and I I mean I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a good time. Did you know much about Shazam? I didn't okay, I didn't so. I, I knew I knew okay, I knew a little bit, but did, did you know he used to be he was the original Captain Marvel? Yes, I know that. <laughs> um I I mean I just was smiling throughout the movie. I mean, nothing was, wrong with that. It was it was fun. Uh I love the little homage to Penny Marshall's big in the yeah, middle of the movie. That, that was, was good. That was a nice touch. Uh, the remake of Pet Cemetery from Paramount Pictures was number two with $24.5 million domestic. And that was a, on a $20 million uh, production budget. So they're making their money back. And Paramount finally has a modest hit. Uh, anybody see Pet Cemetery? Not yet. Not yet. It, it's gotten some mixed reviews, but you said the Metacritic review was I, high? I, I think they're extremely high for for a, a horror movie. I'm not sure where you're getting the mix because I haven't seen well, much mix. Rotten Tomatoes had like 50%. So. Rotten Tomatoes is not accurate whatsoever. If you look at Metacritic, it's up like in the high 70s, which for a horror movie is extremely good. And Rotten Tomatoes, all that means it's a divisive film. If you either love it or hate it. And I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes because it's a thumbs up, thumbs down. So you're not getting like whether people, what people think about it. And Metacritic than, usually actually averages like the scores. They right? average. Yeah, they average. They put gotcha. a number to each uh, I mean, review. Us is sitting there. Uh, uh, we're, uh, 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 we're, not going, we're not getting there yet. Uh, Dumbo, the live action Dumbo, uh, fell to third in its second weekend, $18.2 million and a $76.2 million domestic cum. The production budget was like one seventy-five, so it is underperforming, and that is one of our feature stories, this whole Disney trend of remaking their animated classics as live action. Um, and then Us was fourth with $13.7 million. Um, yeah, I we're going to talk about that as our other feature story and basically an open letter plea to Jordan Peele. Uh, there are I have issues with us. I have issues with the new Twilight Zone, which Jordan Peele was an executive producer of. And then running at the top five, Captain Marvel, $12.4 million in week five, $1.03 billion worldwide cumulative. Bazinga. I think it's the seventh Marvel movie to hit across a billion dollars. Yeah. Soon to be, well, oh. we got Endgame soon. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> evidently, 
there are predictions that Endgame could make $900 million opening weekend, I would which would be insane. Uh, it's already, I read an article for first week pre-sales. It's doubled The Last Jedi, Captain Marvel, uh, Aquaman, I think one more film combined. Wow. Doubled in the first week pre-sales. Wow. Now, so. the question remains, when Episode Nine comes out, will that... I don't think it will. I don't think it will. I, think, I don't think it will. I actually think Last Jedi did uh, a big hindrance on the Star Wars box office. I think... Well, no, Last Jedi was a hit. I think that the, the people who hated it took, took out their wrath on Solo. Yeah. So, uh, Friday at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago, we are expecting to hear the announcement of the title... So. Maybe. A and when I say little. we, I got confirmation this morning that I made it into the big celebration hall. Oh, you did? Yes. That's so awesome. I will be there. Um, Ryan, you're quiet. Do you not? Are you just over the comic book movies? Yeah, we talk about superheroes every week. And to be honest, because they're making I'm, money. I'm, yeah, I'm, I don't care. I'm bored with them. I'm so so bored with superheroes. It's the same thing over and over again. I'm over it. You're gonna right, so you're, I'm over it. What level of hell are you gonna be in, in two weeks with our superhero Dude, I'm special? In, this podcast is getting on my nerves. We talk about superheroes every week because That's they're making money. About. So what? There's more to art. There's more to film than just superhero movies. It's one freaking genre. And it's all we talk about. So that's why I was silent. You asked. You pulled it out of me. I would argue. I'm so sick of them. I would argue it's not a genre. It's 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 in the fantasy genre. It's a subgenre within the fantasy genre. But you could also say that they've been what Marvel's done since Phase Two is experiment. I mean, Captain Marvel, a good chunk of it is a buddy cop movie. Please, you're are really gonna argue that Captain Marvel is an innovative, original, I did not unique say, film. Did I say that? No. Don't put I, words in my okay, mouth. Okay, but what's the argument? What's the point of saying that it's a buddy cop film other than to make an no, argument it's, that it's it's not just your standard I mean Yeah, it pretty much is. Well you know what bothers me about Captain Marvel? It's it's directors Ryan uh, Bowden and Affleck that have this wonderful track record of these indie street cred. indie films with I mean they got Ryan Gosling his first Oscar nomination with Half Nelson they made a movie called Sugar that no one saw because there's no movie stars in it but it's fantastic it's spectacular and then now they're making this where all of the character development all of it it's CGI it's Let's cram in as much of a feminist agenda. And don't get me wrong, I get the point. I saw a little girl watching that movie, and I'm like, that's fantastic. But she's four. She has the mindset, the, the mind of a four-year-old. I am not a four-year-old. I need something with a little more intelligence than just, oh, why don't you smile more? Like, make me think about the feminism. Don't just give me the most obvious just easy boring writing ever when you true. when that you are it's pretty bad come it's on pretty, it's yeah. just so so obvious <laughs> and i'm tired of having that like stop selling and this is the same problem i find the same problem with the marvel and star wars movies that i find with the faith-based christian movies they're trying so hard to sell to an eight-year-old and an 80-year-old simultaneously that they're not actually making a movie that anyone can get anything out of other than just bland entertainment and that's the my and the corporate shareholders yeah wait oh congratulations M more people made more money for disney disney so that they can cut out more actual projects that have you know some humanity in them and something that we can i don't know man i'm just so sick i i i enjoyed the superhero movies when there were you know five or six a summer or maybe one every month but it's every week and we don't get anything else anymore I mean, we don't even, we don't even, 
It's fine. I, I had to like cram in a discussion of the movie Climax. It was one of the most memorable, Which innovative. One? Exactly, exactly. Last week we talked about Climax, the French filmmaker Gaspar Nose, which was in AMC theaters wide. It's one of the most impactful films I've seen this year. Not pleasant, but it left an impression. But no one's seen that because they're going to go see something that they'll forget five minutes after they watched it. And I'm, I'm, I'm just over it. Like, I'd rather see some... Even Us has left more of an impression than anything Disney has made in the last six months. You know why? Because I've talked about it. I've argued. I've, I've debated it. I haven't debated or talked about any of the Marvel movies outside of this room, nor the Star Wars movies, because there's no point. They're just going to keep regurgitating the same crap over and over again as long as we keep paying for it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like that partly is why people choose if we're going to go on this topic do you feel like why people choose these films over something like climax is you know fear of missing out i think part the... of the problem is there's no money spent advertising that's true like climax because well, they get drowned out by whatever the big huge tentpole event film is du jour yeah that's exactly what i'm saying this is not my point my point is not let's let's not have these movies my point is these movies and, and this podcast is an example of it. They're overshadowing everything else. That's all that matters anymore in the box office, in the marketing, and in this podcast is what's the latest superhero movie. And I'm just, I'm tired of it. I mean, I'll, well, I'm be here to talk about it every time, but my animosity towards these films is growing every time they give me a mediocre uh, thing to watch. Well, the thing is, we've got, I mean, Disney's releasing at mediocre. least... Mediocre. Mediocre. <laughs> Disney's releasing basically, their, their pattern, they've ramped up to basically three MCU movies a year. You're going to get one or two from DC. You're going to get one or two from Good Sony. Thing you'll get a break next year, though, because it's... What break? It's going to be Marvel. It's going to be Star Wars. No, Marvel, it's going to be Marvel. Won't be. Oh no, they're in next year. There's oh, yeah. never going to be a year we don't have a Marvel really? release. Oh yeah. There's we we'll be lucky to have a year we don't have a Star Wars release, and that's just because of Solo. Because before that, they were planned one every year for like six years, and we're going to have multiple Disney reimagining. Like let's let's uh, go oh, ahead say, and say, say cannibalize that. Actually, say something when we actually get to that topic. Okay. In other news, uh, noteworthy TV casting cancellations, renewals, and pickups, Amazon has lured Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, who developed the new uh, Westworld on HBO, uh, away from Warner Brothers Television to Amazon Studios for a cool $150 billion over five years. Bazinga. Uh, AMC has announced that Preacher will end with season four. They're developing a third Walking Dead series. That's a that's another thing. Ugh. Oh man. Well, the, uh, here's the problem: when something is successful, let's milk the cash cow till her teeth bleed. That's and most, I think that's the prime example. It's a Walking Dead because I, I stopped yeah, watching middle of season four. You guys don't. You, you none of you pile on Disney, and then you're gonna go after Walking Dead. Oh no, Dead. we're we're gonna. No, have, we're, we're, we haven't we haven't gotten to the pile on Disney. <laughs> Look at the rundown, dude. Um, but. The sequel to Walking Dead, uh, the first spinoff, Fear the Walking Dead, I affectionately call F the Walking Dead, because that's how I feel about it. I, first season was like five episodes. I could I quit during episode three. It's like, my time's more valuable than this. Yeah. And this new one is going to center on two young female leads, and, you know, who grew up in a world of the zombie apocalypse. Uh, Sally Field and Richard E. Grant are joining Jason Siegel in the anthology Dispatches from Elsewhere, also for AMC. 
Apple TV Plus, and I noticed last time we called it Apple TV, but it's Apple TV or Apple Plus. It's Apple TV Plus. Julianne Moore is going to star in Lise's story from Stephen King based on his novel and J.J. Abrams uh, about a woman whose husband dies and then she starts finding out things about him she didn't know. So basically we have a Stephen King novel that no one's heard of and J.J. Abrams, who's most definitely just going to be producing so his name can yeah, get some clout. basically. And Prince Harry is partnering with Oprah for a, a mental health series. On BBC America, Killing Eve has been picked up for season three. Wait, can we just go back for one second? Because I read that too and I was like, wait, what? Does Prince Harry basically have to do with mental health? Basically, it's one of his uh, one of his causes. So he's oh, okay. going, it's going to be a docu series. I see. Okay, it, it's not 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 a uh, not a fictional series. But yeah, yeah. No, that be... makes. I like the Netflix docu series. Actually, I just finished the um, Dangerous World of Comedy, Larry Charles. Oh, uh, oh how is it? It's interesting. It's really interesting looking at like, uh, you know, different cultures and what's taboo and what's not, and like. Certain oh, certain cultures like how common how um, normalized rape humor is. You gotta it's, watch. It's absurd, but you gotta watch the last laugh. That's a good one. That's a I, that's a little different of an argument, but it's about the taboo of comedy with the Holocaust and stuff, mm. and how um, is that on Netflix? Too? It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's it's actually it's uh it's about how uh, the Jewish uh, you know uh, survivors would make jokes on the camp to take away the power from the Nazis. So that's why you got Mel Brooks dressing up as right, Hitler, right. getting upset over somebody killing a fly. It's, uh, you know, you get two different sides to it, but uh, it's, it's a great watch. I mean, I haven't seen Chevy Chase in anything in a long time, so I was curious about it just for that. What's Chevy Chase in? Yeah, him and Richard Dreyfuss are in it, The Last Laugh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, BBC America, Killing Eve, is, did I say that already? Killing Eve's so. been picked up for season three with a new showrunner, Suzanne Heathcote. On the CW, Emily Bett Rickards, who plays Felicity. Uh, is it. Why can't I think of Felicity's last name? What's. It's. Uh, uh, it's Queen now. Anyway, F Felicity Smoke. She's leaving Arrow at the end of the season and will be written out in the finale, and they only have a 10 episode pickup for season eight. On Disney Plus, Billy Crystal and John Goodman. Are going to reprise their voices to a Monsters Inc. animated series. You're gonna get mad at me for that. This, but I'm actually kind of excited to see that. I love I lo anything with Billy Crystal. I love Billy Crystal. I just I, I love him too. But Monsters yeah. University has me not at all oh, excited super, about it. Yeah, it, it was because if they didn't, if they couldn't get a, a sequel with their key players right, yeah. then how are they going to do a That's TV true. show? You know, the animation's not going to be as good. Yeah, because it's a TV show. I know. And I've seen what Disney's done with their their movie TV shows before. Although for Disney, it's interesting. Um, the almost seven-year-old watches a lot of uh, a lot of the kids' shows. You probably have more insight than we have. <laughs> on Netflix and on Amazon, mm -hmm. and it's interesting. The How to Train Your Dragon TV yeah, series. Yeah, I watched a little bit of that. It's decent animation. It's just not as rich and layered yeah. as the theatrical. And the same for uh, Captain Underpants, the series. Oh, I haven't watched I mean, that one. He was watching. He was watching the actual movie Captain Un mm -hmm. Underpants, and I could tell automatically because they spent more money on the animation. So it's serviceable for the TV show, and the plots are good. That's but. fine because even the original Captain, the, the movie Captain Underpants is not. I mean, it's, it's like, not great it's, animation. It's 2D animation. Yeah. It's pretty basic. I, uh, simple. Right. I uh, yeah, I I haven't watched any of those. Uh, but you're kind of out of yeah, the. You're kind of out of the target 
demographic. I, what I did hear is that the uh, Spirit TV show is decent writing. The Spirit? Huh? Spirit, the Stallion of... Oh, Spirit, Stallion. They made a series out of that? On Netflix. Seriously? Yeah. Jeez. I think... Uh, uh, yeah, somebody said it was decent writing. Also coming to Disney Plus, fresh off the press, announced today, there will be a Hawkeye series with Jerry, Jeremy Renner reprising his role from the Avengers movies. It would be hilarious if that was just like him on house arrest. I was just like, <laughs> what can we what, do, do, deal with it in some different way? It's just crazy how many they're pumping out now. Um, Epix has canceled Berlin Station after season three. HBO announced that Melissa Leo, Rosie O'Donnell, and Archie Punjabi will be joining Mark Ruffalo's I Know This Much Is True. Hulu has announced that Future Man Season 3 will be its last. NBC picked up Law & Order Special Victims Unit for Season 21. It is the new all-time champion for television drama. It beat the record uh, set by Gunsmoke and Law & Order Original Recipe. It beat Gunsmoke? Gunsmoke did 20 seasons. Uh, Netflix. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> now, granted, back when the Gunsmoke was on, they did more episodes than they do yeah. now. My so. grandfather used to be on Gunsmoke, so. Oh, cool. Um, Netflix has a bunch of stuff. Amy Adams is going to star in Ron Howard's adaptation of Hillbilly Elegy. Dave Bautista from Guardians of the Galaxy is going to star in Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead film. Brad Falchuk. Ryan. Jack Snyder's doing an Army of the Dead movie. Yeah. Oh, come on. Why does every... Sorry. <laughs> no original ideas. Yep. Uh, Brad Falchuk, Ryan Murphy's producing frequent collaborator, has set an overall deal with Netflix, eight figures over four years. Kenny Ortega, who directed High School Musical and Dirty Dancing, has signed a multi-year deal for films and television. Uh... A gay James Bond-like animated series called Q-Force from Sean Hayes and Mike Shore has received a 10-episode order. Ricky Gervais' Afterlife has been picked up for season two. Umbrella Academy has been picked up for season two. And The Crown has cast newcomer Emma Corrin to play Lady Diana Spencer, who will be introduced in season four. On the Paramount Network, Lily Collins will star in Darren Starr's Emily in Paris. And Showtime has ordered the spy series Intelligence from... The Hurt Locker's Oscar-winning screenwriter, Mark Bull. Hey, can I interject really quick? Sure. I just looked up the Army of the Dead because I was about to get angry. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not an Army of the Dead remake. It's a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. So we have a, 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 re a sequel to the remake of a sequel, sequel of, of George Jordan. Romero's film. <laughs> but at least it's not a remake of Army of the Dead, the uh, Evil Dead uh, oh no no that film. that's army of darkness army of darkness that's right yeah. that's Sorry. right my mistake i was about to get worried because that film can never be remade oh no 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 no. um in a segment i call stars behind bars felicity huffman has pled guilty for her participation in the college admissions cheating scandal and meanwhile aunt becky Lori laughlin has been indicted and evidently the maximum sentence she could face is up to 40 years and a Seven hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. Um, You're in trouble, Mister. And finally, Al <laughs> Allison <laughs> Allison Mack from oh, <laughs> Allison Mack from Smallville has pled guilty for her involvement in the I don't know how you pronounce this NXIVM sex cult. I don't know what that is. What? Oh, this was a huge. Basically, there was this big sex cult, and evidently, she was one of the leaders and recruited actors from 
show in Why from Vancouver. Why is it illegal, and, though? That's what I don't... What, what about... Uh, just, it's really skeevy. <laughs> like, cool. I, I, think, I, mean, I mean, but just the word alone is not illegal. No, 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 it, but it was... There was... It's... Google, trust me, Google it. So it it's something we can't talk about. Yeah. Like, Probably. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if this will make Ryan happy or angry. Netflix is in talks to buy Egyptian theater from American Cinematheque. And somebody quipped, well, at least they'll have a place to premiere their shows, their movies in Hollywood. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, for the Emmys, uh, the Television Academy has ruled American Horror Story, The Center, and American Vandal cannot compete as limited series. So the, uh, they've been cracking down on category shopping. And the different segments of American Horror Story in years past could, you know, each one was a complete story. So they would compete in the limited series category and the Television Academy is basically saying, not anymore. But that makes sense, though. Honestly, it made sense for them to be limited because it is. The story does not continue. So, I mean, I get it why they're doing it, but it all just feels like a bunch of people whining because they weren't getting awards. So, like... People, people doing things to get awards, and then people whining because other people are getting awards. What's like if you're doing it for the awards, I just think they all need to shut up and just make entertainment. What's interesting is that uh, first season of True Detective with uh, McConaughey and Harrelson, mm -hmm. they competed as a regular series. Oh, really? Instead of a limited series, they, I mean, they made the choice, and had they competed as a limited series, they probably would have won. Yeah, they did not win regular series well they that's why they i'm sure why they, they learned that to start doing that but now it's like people are upset like who's upset about these shows that are a self-contained story winning awards and the limited series like who's really upset about that it's other limited series that are like we should have won we would have got it's like well yeah and if you released in a year when there was less good stuff you also would have won like there's a lot that goes into it i just don't yeah. i don't get the point of complaining over awards it's just they're they're so subjective, and if you really are putting that much stock into them anyway, yeah. Other film news: Tom Hanks is going to play Elvis manager Colonel Tom Parker in Baz Luhrmann's next film. <laughs> Rachel Weisz is circling a key role in Marvel's Black Widow film. Angelina Jolie is in negotiations to play the lead in Marvel's Eternals film. Seth Rogen's Point Grey production company has signed a multi-platform deal with Lionsgate. George Clooney's Smokehouse Pictures has signed a first look deal with MGM. And the Russo brothers, who have directed uh, the two last of... Well, it'll be the three last Avengers. Yeah, three last Avengers. Yep. Well... They did Captain They did Captain America 2, 3, and Avengers 3 and 4. Yeah. They've gained control of the MGM film library. Basically, they have... Uh, they're developing projects such as The Rats of Nim and a... Remake, remake of Poltergeist. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be remake, reboot, Poltergeist, whatever. <laughs> and finally, uh, Deadshot has been removed from the Suicide Squad and because uh, Will Smith could not do it because of a scheduling problem and they wanted to keep the role open just in case he returns for a possible sequel. So Idris Elba is moving to a new character, possibly Bronze Tiger. Viola Davis, Joel Kinnaman, Margot Robbie, and Jay Courtney are expect are expected to return as their characters from the first movie. I don't know if this is as big as news, but uh, I read also that Adam McKay and Will Ferrell are splitting up as partners. What? I did not hear that. Yeah. Interesting. They, they announced that. How long have they been dating? 
<laughs> they've been i think they started doing the films together well i mean they met on snl but i think when they started i think was gary it? sanchez it was like 2003 wow so that's longer than most he's hollywood. like that's longer than most hollywood this, marriages it probably went uh mckay saw like the first 10 minutes of sherlock or holmes and watson Woo! and he's like, and he's like nah, i'm an oscar boy now i am, I am <laughs> we're done yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true i mean that movie got no love he's now oscar contender all the time even though i don't agree with that so yeah. why would he be making these because I, I i enjoy will ferrell but does he make good movies like not, really not anymore. He, stranger than fiction is good stranger than fiction good elf, elf is, is good great. but elf any is... of his straight up comedies because oh, El- elf is a family film and stranger than fiction is more it's more of like it's kind of an indie film-esque uh i think comedy. My it's favorite, like a mainstream charlie kaufman film. Yeah. my favorite straight up comedy from his is the other guys which actually is that the one with Wahlberg? Yeah, yeah. Which actually plays, was that good? It plays in, I think, to some of McKay's strengths because it has to do a lot with like, financial and accounting, and oh, you know he made the Big Short and everything. So it kind of it kind of works works in its own way. It, it works too because Wahlberg is is playing dumb, and whenever Wahlberg kind of plays not it? not the hero, is that it, where he that's does from? it really well. Um, <laughs> I think so, he just yeah. says that a lot. Yeah. Did you ever see the Nice Guys with uh, Russell Crowe? I love and... the Nice Guys. I, 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 I saw it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, I love that movie. I do too. I wish they'd made a sequel to that. That didn't do very well. Who? Yeah. Like, wait, what was the connection to? We just we're just, no, just cop, com- cop, com- cop comedies. Cop yeah. Yeah. The other one was the um, uh, twenty twenty one Jump Street came out the same time as Nice Guys, which unfortunately uh, are not uh, twenty two. Well, 21 and then 22. Sequel was 22. Yeah, I'm not a fan of But the, this 22, we got a 22. We, we got the sequel, which was better than the first one. Yeah. But oh, was it? Yeah, I think it was because of the success of 21 Jump Street that Nice Guys kind of just got... Yeah. They were, not Nice Guys, Um, what the one you were just telling me. Uh, the, oh, other guys. The yeah, other guys, guys, yeah. They were talking about doing a Jump Street Men in Black crossover. They were, and then they banded it for this international one, which I have no interest in, because I much would have rather seen a crossover film. That would have been just weird and awesome. <laughs> I, yeah, I think... Um, <clears throat> I mean, they, yeah, that's the only way you can do a 23, because they kind of sealed their fate in the, the credits. Scene. Yeah. yeah. The sequel is so much better than the first one, because yeah. they spend the whole time making fun of sequels. Yes. Which is, like, amusing. So it's very uh, yeah. meta. Yeah. It's, it's one, of the, one of the first movies I snuck into uh, when I was not you 17. snuck into? When I was not 17. I admit. Oh, I you snuck, mean when you were underage. When I was, yeah. Uh, I had uh, my friend buy me a ticket very sneaky but you know those theater employees only make like 12 an hour they don't really care that much i was gonna say did they really check <laughs> no and you're probably a big the one time year old. the one time they check i was living at home last year and i went to go see it and i didn't have my id i just had my i left my wallet uh it, at my house and the guy's like i can't let you in i'm 20 years old i'm like you gotta be kidding me uh <laughs> how could they not think you were 20 I don't, I don't know. I guess I kind of have a baby face still. And luckily my friend was with me who was younger than me. He's like, dude, I'm younger than this guy. And he shows him his ID. He's like, oh, it's some 16-year-old kid. Oh, sorry, sir. <laughs> That's funny. Um, as I uh, implied before, are, are two feature stories. And both of them will be pretty ranty, probably from all three of us. I'm sorry. I I had not seen it two weeks ago to, on our last podcast. Us. Sorry, not it. Us. That's right. I had not seen us. I have now, 
And what a letdown. Oh my gosh, what a hot mess. I just... Ugh. I mean, the big twist... Imagine me doing air quotes, because... I'm not, but just imagine me doing them. The big twist at the end was really telegraphed. And it was, I thought, overly violent. Unlike, unlike Get Out, which had some violence, but not as much, you know, blood, viscera, whatever. But well, the, the violence in Get Out is, is, is for a purpose. They very much, like, build up to this moment where you finally get this, like, catharsis of him right. fighting back. You know, when you have when you have a character which symbolically, you know, metaphorically, it's it's supposed to represent an entire group where he's, you know, um, literally had his hands tied, where he's un- unable to that catharsis catharsis. Uh, I got why they had it get out, but it, it, it didn't serve a purpose in this film. It wasn't even scary. It was just well, it wasn't scary. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that was scary is why is he made one great movie, literally one great movie. Yeah. He's now made one. I don't care what the critics say. I've seen the, what the audiences are saying. Yeah, I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Look at Rotten Tomatoes. Audience scores audience way scores, lower. Way than. lower. So he's made one great movie, one mediocre movie, and then the new Twilight Zone is not good. It's the first the, the first episode is just bad. I mean, again, utterly predictable. The second episode is kind of a thematic sequel to Nightmare at 20,000 Feet from the old show, but it's Nightmare at 30,000 Feet. But instead of a gremlin on the wing, uh, Adam Scott, and I like Adam Scott a lot. I mean, he moves effortlessly. I think he did between, on that one. Adam Scott did. He moves effortlessly between drama and comedy, but he's listening to a podcast, which happens to be about, bum, 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 the flight he's on that's doomed. And nobody would take him seriously, and he had a, a nervous breakdown, you know, some time ago. So, but again, had they ended it at the fourth act, it would have been a solid episode. But they bring it back for this ludicrous tag. And there is a line so asinine and stupid, I actually turned to my wife and said, did he actually really say that? And he did. And so they didn't, you know, in a movie about a plane that crashes, they don't stick the landing. Or sorry, a TV episode. But that was not that was the only of the first four episodes that he has a writing credit on. And so... It just irks me. Why are we hailing him as this new master of suspense when he does not have a proven ta- track record of consistency? Do you remember the line? Oh, yeah. What was I, I watched that. I, the flight path to hell is paved with with good intentions. Oh. And I'm like, really? <laughs> really? I, you you know, better be glad there's not an Oscar police that comes into your house at night and steals that award back. Yeah. Well, I just, I think it's the same problem that we're talking about. That that he had it wasn't that he had one good movie. He had one extremely successful movie critically with audiences, mm-hmm. and there was potential to make money off of him. Uh, but if you make a movie that is not easy to understand, if you had left it ambiguous, us rather than spending two separate times to stop to the plot, cross the T's and dot exactly, the I's. then you would have had people leaving the audience that, you know, again, audiences weren't happy, but I think they were dumbing it down to try and make more people happy. Just like it seemed, I haven't seen Twilight Zone, but it seems dumbed down. Well, so was, that it was dumb. All right. If you dumb it down <laughs> enough, more people will like it because he's too popular to be a niche anymore. And he kind of was with Key and Peele. It was not like he was, I mean, people liked him a lot. People liked that show, but it wasn't like 
wide mainstream success. It was if you liked it, you loved it, but not everyone watched it. Well, it was on basic cable. It's like the ratings these days, a hit show, even on a broadcast network these days, might have, you know, around 10 million people watching it. Which in a country of 300 million people is not that many. But that allowed him to do something creative and unique. And they were innovative with that show. And even, even not a great movie, but even Keanu, I think, has some, some interesting commentary about black culture <laughs> and what it means to be black coming from these two. And it's a comedy. Oh, yeah. That's a, that was a decent movie. And, yeah. the, and, and the critics were, a lot of the critics said, it's not perfect, but it's showing that they... They have potential. Exactly. But if this is what he's going to do with this potential... It feels like potential is no longer everyone's interest because they see that money is possibly made off of him. So we're not interested in you innovating, doing something creative, trying new things anymore because you tried one thing that worked. Now we want you to do that same thing over or and over Or do something again. like it again and again Yeah, and again. exactly. Because it made money. And which, honestly, that uh, us feels to me like a trailer for the Twilight Zone show. It feels like a, a, a very poor pilot. Well, it felt like set pieces in search of a narrative. That too, yeah. The, uh, yeah, and just the Twilight Zone in general, I think what's going to trick a lot of audiences is the use of cinematography. I mean, it wasn't terrible to look at. Like Same with us. Well, us is yeah, beautiful. Well, yeah. But here's the problem. You have to pay... X amount, you know, six dollars a month, give or take, exactly for CBS All Access. And the thing that's is, not going to be a selling point. They purposely make the new episodes way longer so that you'll have to renew your membership. I'm pretty sure the new episodes haven't even come out yet. It's been over a week. Well, no, they, they're because Discovery is almost done with its second season. Oh, it's going to replace Discovery as the new Thursday night. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, streaming choice. I'm just here's there's mul- there's multiple problems with rebooting the Twilight Zone now. First off, we've had Black Mirror for four or five years. Yeah, that's true. And Black Mirror, although it's much more pessimistic, <laughs> believe it or not, you get an occasional class- positive <laughs> one every. Episode, although it's every much more so. pessimistic than classic Twilight Zone, it's still creatively more interesting than literally rehashing the types of stories. I mean, this is the third revival. There was a revival in the 80s, there was a revival in the early aughts, and now there's a revival in the teens. Yeah, and that's not even, like, counting the, 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 the rip-off ones. And no, it's not even... Cl- like, it, uh, it, it, um, what is that one? They Tales did? from the Dark Side. Not Tales from the... There was another one. They, oh, oh they, Outer Limits? Outer Limits, which they also rebooted. Yeah. yeah. So, that's one problem. Another problem is... The simplicity of the original was half-hour episodes. And this, where you've got, you know, 42 minutes or give or take. First one was 55. I, give or take. Oh. And the problem is, you did not have enough story in that first one for 55 minutes. Yeah. That might have worked better, shorter, but it did not work the way it aired. Oh, it's dragged so It dragged much so and And am I right or the plot of the first episode, it's called The Comedian, and Kamal Nanjiani is uh, a comedian who encounters Dave Chappelle, played by... (laughs) Who's pretty (laughs) terrible, and encounters this mysterious former, this mysterious, uh, you know, reclusive comedian... Dave played Chappelle. by uh, played by Tracy Morgan, but it's but it's, it's Tracy Morgan doing Dave Chappelle, it's, <laughs> <laughs> who basically 
gives him a you know it's it's a Faustian type deal, and he discovers that uh, you know oh, what do you, I can't do a Tracy Morgan yeah, on, a, on a better day I might be able to but not today. Um, but basically, he's Tracy Morgan's character says, "What are you willing to do to become successful? Are you willing to sacrifice anything?" And he is. So basically, when he does a routine, he has the standard routine. He starts off about um, uh, his dog, or his dog named Cat. No, no, no! Didn't he talk about the oh, the, oh, well regulated? Uh, yeah, he talks about the Second Amendment, which. Yeah, that's got everybody rolling down the aisles talking about the, you know, a, a well-regulated militia. And he's like, well-regulated. And, of course, that bombs. And then he does a riff on something like his dog, which is named Cat. And then he gets home, and the dog is gone, and his girlfriend doesn't remember the dog. So, basically, whatever he does a routine about ceases to exist. It The annoying thing is, uh, once again, Jordan Peele is... Maybe it wasn't him specifically. He didn't the, write right, this the, the writers of it are once again another thing produced or brought he, through Jordan Peele. He's the producer, so he gets is, some of the blame. Is is clearly ripped off from something that's yes. foreign. There's yes. a movie called The Mustache where a man one day, and it's just, it sounds like this the just the simplest, strangest concept for a movie, but it's fantastic. He wakes up one day, and uh, he he shaves off his mustache, and everyone insists he's never had a mustache. Everyone in his life insists he's never had a mustache and he can't get anyone to believe that he once did. And I know you're like, well, how can that be an entire no, movie? That's, that's I, I promise concept. you it's a better it's movie than that episode was because it oh, had I'm me sure the entire no, time. Yeah. The bar would be so low for that. But that's... I was thinking of the <laughs> moment in the office when they can't remember if Stanley has oh, a mustache. Oh, that's a pretty great episode. Oh, when, they're, when they're messing with what's-his-face? The best uh, Creed. The best part about that, too, is I, when I watched that episode, I seriously was like, wait, does he? And I sat there, like, thinking about it. Like, I don't remember. And I can picture him with it and without it. Oh, man. Uh, should we move on to Disney? Well, just in summary, I mean, so, Ryan, you just think that basically he's being used by the I, I, studios to, you know, he can make a buck doing this. Let's put him in that box. I think he's sold out. I think he's sold out and he's he's simplifying these things. I think he's taking studio notes um, and then also not not spending enough time on his scripts as well because he's Boy, probably that, that felt like a that lot was, of yes men around That felt him. like that was either a writer's draft or... I told you. It was several drafts away oh from Oh my gosh. Done. It was, was a mess. It was a hot mess. So I either see that as being him not spending enough time or, or too many people contributing comments many, that he's trying to appease. Too many too many cooks in the kitchen. Something's, something's not right because because Kean Peel was was so smart and Keanu Keanu was not perfect, but it, it I saw what he was trying to do and get out, you know, not even my favorite movie, but but that's mostly because I blame the marketing. Well, honestly. he had a, he had a clear vision of what he was doing. Yeah, though, it and he just got to execute that vision. And this was I don't know what that hey, was. A, a year and a half to make another one. I don't like how long did was he thinking about get out? It really you know? wasn't that much time. I don't yeah. think to no. have us that quickly. Out. No, no, could maybe it was a combination of all those. Things. I know they. I know he fil- He started filming us in September. Or he was last September. This last September. Yeah. Oh, that's. The pure scenes were filmed in September. That, that that must have been one of those things. You won the Oscar. Hey, yeah, here's what, a big wild money. What do you have available? What else, what else you got? Yeah. yeah, here's a first draft. Good, oh. let's go. Let's get into production. <laughs> Love How soon can you get it into production? The only thing that's great from that movie is the music when... 
The music's fantastic. Yeah, the music is fantastic. The music is scarier than the movie is. Yeah, throughout the film, the music is great. I saw it in Dolby, and I was like, yeah, I wish that this was a better film. I did also, but... I hope that he, the composer, I can't even think of his name. I hope he gets more recognition. He's he's done some great stuff with the his last two films. Let let let's move on to our next depressing topic. Uh, Disney's animated to live action strategy, and we've talked about this a little bit before. But this year we've got three of these coming out. Well, sorry, one of them came out and failed to set the box office on fire. That was Dumbo. Now y'all have seen Dumbo. Yeah, I saw it. Thoughts? Because I'm not a I'm not a Tim Burton. Fan. I'm surprised Disney wanted to remake this. I'm pretty sure Tim Burton was like, "You're hey. surprised Disney wanted to make more money." Well, I choose Dumbo. Like, I'm I'm pretty I, for me. I think it's just like Tim do you Burton. Think, do you think like, there's a property Disney's not willing to pillage at this point? Fox and the Hound. The only one I see them not willing to do. I, I guarantee. We'll, we'll come back. Watch. We'll see if that happens. Fox and the Hound. There's so. Yeah, I think it'll happen. Making their way through the catalog. The, the only one I think that we'll never see a remake Song of Song of the South. Bingo. Uh, Nail on the head. So I would just like to see it released. Yeah, uh, I want to see it released because it's part uh, of history, a, Disney. A, Stop hiding. A legal U.S. release of that. The only way you can get it now is like a Japanese laser disc. Yeah. yeah. Um, the. I was just gonna. I bet they probably asked Tim Burton, "Hey, which one do you want to make?" And he's like, I'll do "Okay, Dumbo. why are they asking Tim Burton for anything?" Alice in Wonderland blew chunks. It yeah, but did it make money? money. See, that's the thing. It made money. enough for them to make a it sequel. It was the first one they did, and it was this, successful. This is the thing that really annoys me. I loved those books as a kid. We just flipped roles, by the way, because this is my are, argument during there, the role. There, there are there are two books: Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass. They have now made a total of three movies, one animated, two live action, and none of them have followed the plots of the books. It's like, really? Really? Come on! Yeah, I mean, I feel like they gave it to Tim Burton. He did the first one, which was Alice in Wonderland. That and was it was the first terrible. Live and it was terrible. But it made, it, I know, but it made money. Yeah, he's he's made a lot of these terrible. He did the Charlie and the Chocolate like a Factory Tim Burton as well. Movie to me. Like, I'm I, a, I'll tell you why it felt Alice, like one to me. Oh, Alice, no. Alice in Wonderland or Dumbo? Dumbo? Dumbo. Dumbo. The well, first of all, the visuals did remind me of Burton, and we had we had Keaton and DeVito again um, yeah. for the first time since uh, the Batman, Batman returns. returns. Oh, but geez. no, I didn't for, even think for, about that. For me, the reason why that this film was a Burton film and why the only reason I enjoyed it, if I'm going to be honest, because all my favorite moments were were, were ruined. The the pink elephants. You no, know, we can't have do Dumbo. They have, do they drunk. have a song? They have the pink elephants in um, bubbles, but it's it's like a part of the circus because yeah. Dumbo doesn't get drunk anymore because of course that would Disney. be setting a bad precedent for our youngins. Yeah, but we did it before, and I'm just saying, like you know, I, I there I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. I that's one of my favorite. Dumbo sequences. was one of my. I should have worn my Dumbo shirt. That is, I my got a, I have a Dumbo shirt. Was one of my favorites. As that, a that is just my. Just imagine Disney Aaron movie. wearing his Dumbo shirt. I, I'll wear it tomorrow. I I got it at Disneyland this last now, week. Dumbo. It's, Classic Dumbo. Classic. It's the classic. Okay. Classic poster. They got none of this reboot. Cool. Dumbo is my favorite. No, but the only reason that I liked the movie was. Um, oh, you did like it. No, no. The only reason I liked the movie. Oh, this was this was the, the silver you lining. Mean, you for mean me. the only thing you liked about the movie? Um, well, I enjoyed. I enjoyed what he was doing with it. Uh, I I'm convinced that the entire film is a big middle finger from Tim Burton to Disney. If you watch the movie. <laughs> 
It's about a small circus company. That's what I was thinking. That their their troop, their ideas are swallowed up by a bigger one, and so they want to be exploited. Disney. They want that's to exploit what I was Dumbo. Too. Dumbo is Nightmare Before Christmas, guys. They stole that from Burton when he was an animator, and he didn't want to make it through that studio, but they had the rights to it. That's the only reason it was made through Disney because he came up with the idea while he was an animator under there contract. under contract, so they own the property. And there's a whole thing with uh, the, the the big circus that there. It's it's not a traveling circus. It's a theme it's park. It's Disneyland. They well, even have I a name. That too. I was shocked. I was like, why is this? So you're saying, why is this the so plot? You're, like, so you're saying it's subversively it's taking sub swipes at Disney. It is. Oh, it absolutely Most is. Definitely. Okay. What, what is it? Land? It's something. Uh, Wonder or oh, Dreamland. 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 Yeah. And then when the end, the 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 D uh, gets taken off and it turns into Reamland. Like, like, yeah. they're reaming, like Disney's <laughs> reaming every artist that they put in their uh, oh, troupe. I kind of like the, uh, the uh, let's get ready for Dumbo. I thought that was kind of funny. Oh, let, instead of let's get ready for Dumbo. Yeah. They, I think they got yeah. the guy, too. They got the actual guy to say It that. sounded like did, it. Did, it did. did either of you see Tomorrowland? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was bad. It's like an act one in search of a plot. Yeah. That was another, that's another great example of like, oh wait, pirates worked. They said pirates wouldn't work after Haunted really didn't work. Let's turn another, not ride from Disney, hey, but an entire area of what? Disneyland into a ride. Uh, Jungle Cruise is coming with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. And, and Emily Blunt. They're not done yet. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I love the ride Jungle Cruise though. I love Jungle. I, I don't a, care. It's a fun it's ride. A fun, but I, fun but ride. I mean, come on. Disney, it's not enough that they're going to pillage their properties that were pillaged from classic uh, children's stories anyway. Now they're going to be trying. These the, the, the rides were created to try and like, most some of those rides were like, oh, we have movies. So let's create rides after the movies. And now we're creating movies after Basically, the rides, rides that yeah. weren't. It's like fun. It's like Funhouse yeah. Mirrors. Um Tiki have, room have you seen the latest? <laughs> I mean, we Enchanted had a, Tiki Room, the movie. <laughs> we had an emoji movie. How great, how could we not? Great you know, moments like... with Mr. Lincoln. <laughs> did uh, Have either of you seen the new trailer, for, uh, the latest trailer for Aladdin? Yeah. Did you see the new one for The Lion King that dropped today? They... Oh, I didn't I, it. I saw it. I was like, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, I was okay, surprisingly... Full, full disclosure, I'm not a fan of The Lion King. I don't oh, like wow. the movie that much. I mean, Lion King is just Hamlet, so... It's Bambi meets Hamlet in Africa. That's how it was pitched. That's how it was executed. I was reading the comment sections. The biggest complaint was like, why couldn't they just get Jeremy Irons to play Scar? Because he just they sounds so They recast weak. everybody except, except for Mufasa. That was the smartest move on their part. Yeah. Uh, it's cool to hear him still be James Earl Jones. I mean, I think that... Of the three movies, Aladdin probably will do okay because it's opening up Memorial Day weekend. I'm yeah. saying okay. I don't know, though, because Will Smith, I people I feel like are turning on him. I feel like there's not an interest, especially like... Once he went to YouTube. Well, <laughs> or he went, went to YouTube? He's a YouTuber now. Are you serious? Yeah, he oh, has a YouTube channel. That's Why? just awful. It's the worst. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, he's just had a couple of... He's had a string of bad movies. Not not good movies and bad performances. I mean, Concussion I think, was pretty embarrassing. I think, his, I think his most successful movie was uh, recently was Bright, that Netflix thing, 
which oh that's bad i didn't care for it My, sarah liked it more than i did i thought it was crap there's been a lot he's he's been he's been really heavy in the melodrama recently too Ugh. like bad melodrama that just uh, no one likes that's, that's almost redundant the, here here's my here's, almost but there's some great melodrama i will, I will yeah. say this um to jungle book is my favorite live remake here's here's the thing i would i would yeah, say my favorite two are jungle book and cinderella and the reason they work in in jungle book they uh favreau actually used the opportunity to delve more into the kipling than the original movie and i'm i'm not a huge fan of the animated version from the 60s it's okay it's not fantastic yeah, you know, it's one of the few. When I was growing up, it was one of the few Disney movies that had a, a a male protagonist. But I just thought it was the plot was so light, and in uh, the Favreau version, being willing to go back to the original source material, yeah, which a lot of people I thought served him well, and then some of the choices he made, like making Ka ScarJo, that was a cool choice. I just think also that that he handles blockbusters. Um, well, I think he's not getting enough credit in the MCU, Dude. to be honest. Oh no, I think. Why do you think they tapped him to launch the Mandalorian for Disney? Yeah, Plus? he's good. He, I mean, he he did he's, Iron he's, Man. He's, he's a company guy. He, he launched. Yeah, he, and he's also he made launched, movies that aren't superhero movies. He he launched the MCU. <laughs> he launched the MCU. And wasn't Swingers his directorial debut? Oh no, that was Doug Liman. No, it's actually Made, which was the like movie that followed swingers right, right, different right. characters but the same cast and right. yeah uh, no he wrote he wrote he swingers. wrote swingers yeah yeah the um the other one i like a lot is cinderella because again they were willing they didn't just use the animated film as storyboards for the live action film i'm talking about you beauty and the beast I yeah. love Beauty and the Beast, the animated film. I do not love Beauty and the Beast, the live action yeah, film. Live action I just thought bad. they made bad creative choice yeah. after bad creative choice. It uh, was just pointless. Well, on it's, top of like, I mean, they, the stuff they added was not. It's a license to print money for them, and it's, they're just exploiting their intellectual properties. But like you were saying before about the superhero films, in many of the cases, they're not bringing anything new to the party at all. Yep. I mean. Don't get me wrong. I am excited for Endgame. <laughs> They're smart. I will, I know you're going to get annoyed that I'm going back into superhero. It's, I think it's smart for them to do a Spider-Man movie after Endgame. Because for me, I, I would want to stop after Endgame. But I'm obviously going to see a Spider-Man movie. Because I mean, they're saying it's a definite end to the Infinity Saga. It's but... the Infinity Saga. The 22 film spanning... You know, I think once this experiment, again, imagine me doing air quotes, ends, there are going to be a lot of interesting academic papers written about it. And one of the articles I found in, uh, when I was researching a paper a couple years ago is what the MCU has basically done is brought television to the Cineplex. Because... It's a big season. It's basically this... Well, oh, no, it's like a big maxi series. Yeah. Instead of, you know, real movies, per se. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, speaking of real movies, we should get our own featured section. If you see any interesting during the week, because I mean, we're the super. I mean, I'm just in the superhero mode because of Endgame more than anything. I'm not usually. What I'm looking forward to this summer are hidden gems because last summer for me, you know, sorry to bother you, and uh, oh shoot, what was the one? Uh, blind spotting, and yeah, eighth me grade. too. I mean, the oh, thing, I loved eighth grade. The, the thing I loved about the thing I enjoy 
about having uh, AMC's A-list, which I just got noticed that they've jacked up the price, but I'm guaranteed the same price for the first year. So They're also excluding go. things now. Terry Gilliam's new movie is in theaters right now, oh, but you can't see it. Is it a Fathom event? I don't think so. I mean, it's one day. They're, they're, there's they there's they they they've never they've never done Fathom events. Fathom. Well, but they've had other times where movies that are just for a day they're not Fathom about, events. Are you talking about the man who killed Don Quixote? Yeah, is that a long awaited? Oh, yeah. is that I want to event? see that. It's excluded. I, I think it's a I think it's a Fathom because there have event. been non Fathom events that they've been excluding recently that it's annoying. Oh, interesting. Me. Um, I haven't like had that issue. Documentaries, what I want to see, where maybe they maybe they've been fathom and I haven't known, but yeah, they're they're but, doing they're doing a lot more fathom events than they used to. The problem, I, I get what you're saying, like those, yeah, looking forward to the the sleepers, the indies, the ones. The problem is every time I wear my eighth grade T-shirt, I have people say, "What's that?" No one knows about that movie. No one saw that movie, and you know why? It's because everyone's watching all of these movies that we're talking about. Oh, Doesn't that make it more special? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think what was, you know, it's interesting. The Criterion Channel launched this week. And, oh, it did. Yeah. As a, uh, I wish they had stuck with Hulu because I used to love watching Criterion stuff on Hulu. But as. As the uh, as the corporate behemoths like some one of my friends Scott Derrickson who directed Doctor Strange but he's also a uh, film film lover and he actually taught one of our film studies courses way back in the day of our program but he tweeted in the future everybody will either watch Netflix or watch a Disney film at the Cineplex because <laughs> and it's almost like that's where we're going. Because with Disney and Fox combined, they have 40% market share. Yeah, and no interest in any independence, no interest in foreign, no, well, no. interest in anything Fox that Searchlight, they... Fox Searchlight, they're keeping around because it went... Oh, are worse. they actually going to keep oh, it oh, around? Oh, no, they've, they've already said it. We're, yeah, they're we're already... Keep, we're I keeping Fox Searchlight. I heard they're tallying up alien movies and... Oh, no. The, of the ape movies. There's <laughs> a possibility of some of these franchises. But that's Fox. I'm talking about I'm talking about the foreign movies. I'm talking oh. about oh, the oh, independent oh, yeah. films. Oh, yeah. That's only Fox Searchlight. And we'll see if they put out as many. Even if they let it stick around, we'll see if they put out as many of them. Or if they're just going to like buy properties and then remake them. It would be interesting if, if Netflix ends up being the real champion for... For the quirky indie fair and the foreign films. Well, they're already a champion for the foreign fair. I know, but I... Because in terms of television, stuff that people have never... I mean, a a lot of it's dubbed, which is obnoxious, but they're bringing television from... I hate dubbed movies. so many different cultures and putting them on Netflix, so... It's the wild, wild west out there. I, uh... And I'm not convinced that the mergers are finished, by the way. Oh, yeah. I would not... I, I mean, my prediction, and I have no inside knowledge... But Paramount has been sucking wind recently. Yeah. The Star Trek film franchise is basically dead. You only got only Mission thing, Impossible. You only have Mission Impossible and the Nickelodeon movies. They've got the Dora the Explorer live action oh movie. Oh my gosh, I saw the trailer for that. Whoa. But um, <laughs> but I would not be surprised if there's like one more, com- one more combination of studios. You know, I'm just also like... Just talking about the future, I'm interested about just like future of award seasons with all this stuff going on. It's it's getting it's getting old, but I was just thinking last night. I was like, last this last year's Oscars have got to be the worst Oscars I've seen in a long time. Are you talking about the award show or the selection of movies? Selection of movies. It was a it was a weak year. It was a really bad. It, it was a weak year. Like just thinking back, I'm like, dang, just that how bad of selection for best pictures and everything. 
I don't. I mean, I, I just can't believe that Bohemian Rhapsody one. Don't get me started. It's crazy. Have you seen the trailers for Rocket Man? I am interested only because they are not dubbing him singing. Oh, he's doing his own singing. He, Elton oh, John wanted him to do his own take on his songs. Oh, interesting. So he's singing. I'm interested. All songs. I, I'm I'm quasi interested because it's the guy who f- finished Bo Rap, but didn't get directing credit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, that's something that's on my radar. Um, I'm just hoping that we get a better award season. I don't know. It well, have, doesn't look... Have we had any movies this year that have been Oscar-worthy? No. We're, we're, in, it's too early. In 2019? We're too early. And they, they, they don't... But it's it's rare I mean, last... for a film in the first half of the year to get nominated anyway because it's such a short attention span. Yeah. People don't remember those true. movies unless they're still in theaters at the end of the summer selling like gravity was like that stayed in theaters for like three months what what are your thoughts on a quiet place again you didn't like it right no i love the quiet Place. yeah you know it's funny as last year so we're getting a year ago we're getting the sequel yeah a year ago everybody was just buzzing about a quiet place like exactly a year ago because it came out like a week before this date a year oh wow and and it it didn't show up on anything yeah that's the thing it's too much time like a token nomination or two no I don't think so. Interesting. I think it did get oh, something. Oh, one sound. Yeah. Like a token nomination. Yeah. That's, uh, oh, yeah. I think it did get a sound thing. Because hey. Like, how did the movie with no dialogue, uh, with little dialogue, get a sound nomination? Uh, is there anything you're looking forward to coming out this summer, indie-wise, that you should put on, that we need to look out for? Honestly, no, because I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't find out about stuff until, but it, it, it they don't, they don't promote, they don't market it. Like, uh, uh, Drag Across Concrete came out a couple of weeks ago. Was that was that good? Uh, it comes out in Blu-ray in a couple of weeks, so I, we'll see. You just, can get it on just, digital now. Yeah, I'm not. I'll wait. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's just like the the filmmakers that I pay attention to, the people that I'm. They don't promote these films. They just sort of drop them, and the people that are interested that know about them. The only one I'm looking forward to this summer, to be honest, that's mainstream is Tarantino's new film. Um, Ooh, you know, because there's I'm, only been one Tarantino film I didn't like. Which, which one, one was that? Django Unchained. Don't get me started. I do not like that film. Don't get me started. <laughs> but I think everything else he's done has has I've left the theater thinking about his movies, but while I'm watching, they're like viscerally enjoyable as well, and I appreciate that. Like, yeah. I actually really like Jackie Brown. It's a good eh, one. I'm I'm iffy on Jackie. Yeah, Brown. I am too, which I shouldn't be. Some people it's like the some critic people, some darling. People, some people love it. I just eh. I don't love it, but I, I like it more than some others i would still say his crying achievement for me is total fiction, fiction. Pulp fiction and there are some chapters i like better than others but i think it's ridiculous that he won oscars for both that and django and chain django and chain can't hold a candle to pulp fiction. do you think he's going to be done after 10 films who knows he said he's going to theater after that we'll see what he does he might be it's it's quentin you never know yeah people do stuff like that but he, he talks a lot of smack <laughs> He okay. backs it up a lot of times, too, though. This is true. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. It, we will be back in two weeks with our season finale, uh, a superhero special. Hopefully, Ryan may want Ryan to sit, may one, sit one, one out. Ryan may want to sit that one out <laughs> so he doesn't have an aneurysm. <laughs> I, you ask me what I think, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, and have fun at the movies. <laughs>